What's going on, guys? So really quick, before we start the show, I do want to make a very special announcement. We are doing something kind of interesting. Um, what are we doing? In, on uh, April 8th, that's when we're scheduled. I'm actually collaborating with a local shooting range to host uh, a local range day for people who really never touched a gun before. If you have, you're welcome to come. But it's designed to reach brand new shooters or brand new people who have literally never shot a gun before. So if you're interested in that, hit me up, shoot me a DM. I'd love to tell you more about it. I don't want to get into too, too many details right just yet, but just know it's going to be a, a low cost event for people who have literally never shot a gun before. And obviously, um, I'm going to make some content, web, you know, just following the event. So tune into that. Keep an eye out for that. April 8th. If you want to be involved somehow, let me know. Maybe we'll work something out, but uh, just kind of keep an eye on that. But without further ado, Daryl Rostick. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm so good. I'm so glad you could make it. Um, thank you for, for taking time out of your Sunday. I know Sunday is normally a family day for most people, but thank you for uh, hopping in here. Oh, man. Any day and every day is. I mean, you family, brother. Like, we, you I know what I mean? It. We all gun family, so... Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit. I know one of the main reasons why I was like, yeah, we, we got to go ahead and stop wasting time. Get this man on the show is you uh, are developing an AR. What is that yeah. all about? Um, Rostic Arms, man. So um, I have always been on a journey to have equal as equal as possible representation in any industry I'm a part of as far as being an African-American. Um, and we have a lot of African-American instructors and even FFL dealers, at least in Michigan where I'm at. But what we don't have a lot of is manufacturers. In fact, I could hardly find any. Um, and I love ARs. I, I do. Um, I'm, I know they're controversial across the country, but I love them. And the thought of making my own just made my mouth water. And so like I, I had to get in, I had to dive. Um, and from the moment I sketched out the very first one on a piece of paper, um, here we are eight months later and they're in production and they're going out the door. So uh, Rostic Arms is in full effect, full production. And I, I couldn't be happier, bro. That's what's up, man. Thank you for, for doing that. Cause like in reality, there's not a lot of of black owned specifically rifle manufacturers or people who are who are you know putting putting out quality products for the people. So that's really cool. And you know, as you as you know, that it's it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So nah. let's talk about talk about some of the um, some of the stuff you have to consider when you're when you're doing this thing. Um. So the biggest thing you have to consider is what makes you different from everybody else who already exists because some people will tell you that this is a saturated or even oversaturated market um i tend to believe as long as you can tailor to a niche um find that right pocket of people that you can tailor your products to you'll be fine so that would be the first thing i say the second thing um i have 15 years of manufacturing experience uh, I've worked my way up from like loading boxes and driving high lows 
to production supervisors to operations managers. Um, I've worked for several Fortune 500 companies, so I have a manufacturing background, and that helps out a lot when it comes to actual production because a lot of people love the idea, but if you have to outsource the production, your profit margins are going to be just above zero. So you got to figure, how am I actually going to produce this? There's only so many times you can pay the homies, pay the family and friends. You got to come up with a real production plan. So figuring out who to tailor it to, how you're going to produce some sourcing parts. Uh, this year was my first year at SHOT Show, and the best experience I ever had was at the supplier showcase. Um, not the big vendors, not the Smith & Wessons but the small manufacturers who produce things like uh, safeties and internal parts and the little things that cost you um, when it comes to mass production a lot unless you can find the right supplier. So I would really just recommend thinking of the things that you don't think about. It's, you can't think like a consumer on this side. You have to think like a producer. How do I produce the highest quality product for the least amount of money to give me the most profit and to give the best value to my customer. Yeah. When I think about stuff and gear and what, whatnot, I'm, my mindset is like a, as a consumer and you know, I, I review stuff, I review gear and I, I know you've done the same thing. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like what does that shift look like between the consumer and you know, the, the manufacturer, like uh, you did say you had some manufacturing background. So, that was already kind of in there, but I suppose let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the switch is really you have to decide um, what, like you you have to make it with the end user in mind. What like what's gonna make them be a repeat lifelong customer? Like when you you know what it's like being on the other side of it. I think consumers make great producers, if I'm honest, because you know the feeling that you desire when you open a product. Um, my rifles are not cheap. Uh, a lot, of, you know what I mean. A lot of people think, and um, it's a huge misnomer with black people. I can't stand when people stereotype us and think because we're black owned and we're new, we're supposed to go for the cheapest. Like you can't compete in that space. Um, so you really have to think about if I wanted to provide myself with a quality product, that I would open that box and just be like, wow, like this is unreal for the amount of money I spent. That's what I set out on a mission to create. Like I want to create an experience that when I do flip it around and I'm the end user, I'm just like, oh my gosh, now I had to pay X amount for this, but I can't believe that I got all of this for what I paid. And that's, that's kind of the mindset shift you gotta be in is how do you create that that product that's going to wow your customer the same way you would want to be wild with whatever you consume. Yeah, no, that's actually really interesting. Like just the, the, that economy that, that mm -hmm. is, it is what it is. People, like you said, oftentimes when you see, you know, your homies making a new company, oh, he's selling something. He's like, oh, okay, that's going to be just something that's maybe semi-white labeled but maybe not even that just some mm -hmm. you know overseas cheap product rebranded but this isn't that nah talk talk about your process give us some. this secrets. is not that man <laughs> this is me going to factories to figure out um what product are they using to produce 
are small parts what finishes are they putting on products why do they use those finishes like really doing the research to understand what makes a good quality rifle right um mm-hmm. i can think of several things off the top of my head that i was just like i never even thought about that piece or why it's made in a certain way or why it's finished with a certain finish um and those are the things that actually you use to educate your customers on to why your product is a quality product and you know i mean that's a key to it too right is making sure that you just present it as a quality product i never present as we're better than anybody else or worse yeah. than anybody else I, I let everybody else be irrelevant um focusing on other brands that just gives away free spotlight and i need all of the spotlight on us when we present so um really just diving the I can't explain it enough, man. Just getting into the depths of what makes quality parts, uh, what makes long lasting parts, right? We want people to be able to run our rifles, run our products and take six years from now, 10 years from now, they're running the same rifle, um, running the same parts. I mean, if they don't have to upgrade, like I wanted to build that, that entry level where you don't have to upgrade this. You can add to it. You don't need feel the need to swap anything out. That was really my goal. Yeah, I mean the the saying "buy once, cry once" that that is a thing. Uh, oh, sometimes okay. and sometimes it's, it doesn't exactly apply because we you buy a product and it's a name brand and they they charge you double what mm-hmm. the other guys are charging, but really their product it's all made in the same factory and oh, really and and so that that is the question you know you you've explained to me like hey you know a lot of this stuff is you know a lot of these parts they they do come from the same place you're paying extra for really nothing um and mm-hmm. that's something that we've talked about off, offline but l- i guess let's talk about that and kind of like what you do to actually make your product better like cuz people want to know yeah so like the process is interesting so you go to these factories or you talk to these representatives and you actually start to learn that uh like and you know they won't say anything because a lot of them do do a lot of white label work um meaning that whatever brand pays them that's the product they're making but you'd be surprised when you're walking through and you're like oh those are that company or those are this company and those are the, they're like, yeah, your parts are the same. You know what I mean? Like when you see uh, your lowers running um, in production, back when we didn't make our lowers, we make our own now. But when we didn't, you see your lowers running in production. And then after, right after yours, same machine, same uh, billet material, you see another company, a big name rolling down, and you just like, oh man, like, we literally have the same parts and so that made me feel good man because there's brands that um i trust with my life there's brands that um you know like the aero precisions of the world and i mean they were a huge one for me my first rifle i ever built was an aero precision and then um now we're getting parts produced and i'm like oh my gosh our parts, these specific parts are coming from the same factory that they're making their stuff in. And I was just like, wow, like, this is dope. And understanding how that works. There's really, I promise there's really like five factories making stuff for everybody. And that's just kind of how it works. And then everybody puts their brand on it. 
And so for me to make my product better or of more value, I just want to make sure that we're using the same stuff that the big names are using. We're using the same quality of parts. Again, I'm really diving deep into finishes too. Like what does the finish do for durability of a part? How long does that last? What does dry fire with that finish look like? You know, those are the types of things that I'm really diving deep into because I know that everybody who jumps into this space doesn't have the money to own 12 rifles or 13 rifles. Or some people are really in the market for that one, and I'm trying to make sure that I'm the best option available. Absolutely, and I, I really do appreciate that. Earlier, we were talking about how you, in manufacturing your rifle, um, you are confident in the quality because you're sending, you're getting your same parts, you're getting them manufactured basically in the same factory as some of the big guys who everybody's been trusting for forever. Let's talk Absolutely. about that a little bit. Let's talk about um, how not so much what, what we were discussing before, as in like, you, you know, you're in the same factory as Arrow and some of the other places, but let's talk about this buy once, cry once mentality where you're putting out a quality product. It's not, it's not cheap. What does that, I suppose, how do you, how do you, how do you, I guess, look at price point when it comes to putting out a product? Um, so uh, one of my mentors, and I got to shout out my guy, Steve. He owns a gun shop in West Michigan called Dart. Um, Steve is a great mentor of mine, and he, he was very adamant to me um, about not being the cheap guy. Do not put out a product um, with the goal of affordability. Um, because once you put out a cheap product, there's no going back. There's no trying to elevate. Of course, you could try to raise your prices over time, but the idea of people, no one's going to buy a $1,500 product if you are uh, entering the market at $500. Like they don't want the $1,500 because they can buy three of the $500 ones. Um, and that that budget space is so hard to play in as a manufacturer. Because you almost, like you have to have some sort of business or competitive advantage in order to play in that budget space because uh, it's just hard, man. It's hard. Like we don't have cheap labor here in America. Um, so if you're paying premium for your product, for your raw components, and then you're paying premium for labor, and then you're trying to sell it at the cheapest price. Like that's a that's a, a master plan to go broke is what that is. Um, and so I really just was like, I want to I want a product that people can feel good, that people can strive to. Like you know what I mean. I don't want the most expensive product on the market. I just want something people can strive to. And I remember I remember saving up for my first build, and when I finally held it in my hands, I was like, man, I saved for weeks and worked overtime and did all this stuff to get this and now it's finally here. And that's the feeling I want people to have when they get our rifles. I want them to feel like, man, I saved, I did what I had to do, and now I got erastic arms. And it's such a quality product that I can have this the rest of my life and I'm good. That's really what we go for. And if you truly buy once and this quality, you don't even really cry once like you don't it's not even a cry it's almost like a accomplishment and that's really the feeling i want to create with my rifles is it's an accomplishment to own erastic arms like it's a privilege like welcome welcome to the club that's what i want people to feel 
when they're um, buying our products. I don't want them to feel like uh, I'll buy it once and then I just take I just have to take it on the chin. Like, no, I want them to be happy to be like, yes, I finally get erotic arms. Bro, that means a lot to me because there, there's so many times where I've wanted to support a brand or I've wanted to buy something and, you know, I had to save up. And then there's other times where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy this, but really I don't necessarily have the coin for it right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just think maybe in six months or a year or a year and a half when I get real serious, I'll invest. Mm-hmm. Fortunately with this project, with the cost of conversations podcast, I had some of the foresight to just go ahead when I bought my first mic, go ahead and buy not the most expensive one, but one of them that has, um, some, some pedigree to it. You know what I mean? Some some reliability, some, some legacy of excellence. And in that way, I know that I'm not giving like my second best to the, the, not the end user, but my customers, my viewers, my, my listeners, you know, and even, even with cameras, like, you know, for the broadcast, for those who are watching live, thank you so much for tuning in live. I see you guys in the chat. Appreciate you guys chatting back and forth. That said, um, People, people want to see a good picture. And I've seen so many podcasts, not to make it about myself, but I've seen so many podcasts that are kind of trash, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not because that they mm-hmm. want to be trash, but because they don't know how to handle some of the technical side of it. And so that's why I'm, I'm really excited because you having been in, been in the manufacturing world and I know you, you and my guy, Randy, you guys are both really kind of savvy in that, in that manufacturing side and kind of understanding you know, what the CNC machines are even are like, what, what do they even do? Like you guys, you guys understand that. So I can appreciate that you guys are kind of like putting in that, that extra, that extra work and making sure that you specifically for the RA 15 aren't cutting corners, aren't kind of giving somebody, well, right. now, you know, this is lower. It's going to, it's going to crack because it's just cheaply made, you know, cause there, there have been lowers that have cracked and I've seen them with oh, yeah. eyes, and I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. that's, that's horrible. And the worst part is that's the part that's serialized. So now, you know, say you put a tax stamp on it. Now you got to just throw the whole thing away pretty much because mm-hmm. it's no longer any good. Um, and that's really kind of like, thank God that this guy is actually out here doing a good job, putting in work. He's not skimping on the, on the, on the, on the corners and he's putting out a product that he can believe in. And let's talk about the confidence that you have in this thing. Cause for some reason, I've known a lot of entrepreneurs and people who have hopped into this space, and in general, they uh, they're not too confident. You know, like they they have a good product, they have a good idea, but in reality, they're just kind of like, eh. uh, <laughs> and it's kind of sad to see. You know, you know what I mean? Like, what what gives you the confidence to kind of like really do this thing and do it well, and you know, really kind of get behind your own brand? Well, one, uh, the biggest thing is I know who's counting on me, man. Like, uh, it's bigger than me. Everything I've ever done is bigger than me, man. Um, I got kids counting on me. I got uh, a neighborhood of people that's counting on me. I got a wife that's counting on me. I got siblings that's still in the trenches that's counting on me. Um, like, I, I understand what's at stake. I understand. I understand why I have to get it right. And so... I I keep that with me every day in my pocket, man. I'm like it, it it does give me the confidence 
I would say what else gives me the confidence is I, I'm just very much a we gonna try and if we fail, then we gonna all the way fail. Like if we gonna fail, we gonna fail all the way to the bottom. So that way we learn every possible lesson there is to learn when we jump back in. And so I, I guess I just feel like I can't lose. And I, I you know, I'm not one of those people who say um, there's no such thing as an L or losses are just lessons. Losses are very much losses. I do a profit and loss. I never do a profit and lesson statement. So it's a profit and loss statement. Um, it's funny that, that, you know, I get what people try to say, but like, you know, I'm a realistic businessman and I understand that there is a such thing as taking a loss, but it's like losses can be leveraged. And I think that's the perspective that I try to keep. Um, so I, man, I, I just, I, I, and there's no other way. Like if we don't do it, then who like, because the other guys are doing it. And I, when the AR 15 space, especially the Knights armaments, the, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing it. They're waking up every day and doing it. And there is no, difference man there's no difference and because everybody who's in money didn't come from money there's a lot of first generation millionaires out there who are just doing it man and so i just wake up every day and be like why not me like you know what i mean that's crazy my wife is like she doesn't she doesn't know how i get all this confidence either and the truth of the matter is i really just feel like like what other option is there like to not be confident you're not gonna succeed so why not just be overly confident like let's just try to believe in our product and ourselves so much that even if we fit it's gonna be the sexiest fail you ever seen you're gonna be like man that rifle company went nowhere but the 57 guns they did sell was the sexiest 57 guns we ever seen like that's just how I kind of just approach life, man. There's just no other way. The only other way is, you know, just to go through the motions and then work for the guy who has the same confidence I got now. So I don't know, man. It's just kind of like an automatic thing. There's no other option, no other way for me. Yeah, man. You know, first of all, you're a quote machine. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> like, I don't know what books you'd be reading, but just... Bars after bars, you should have been a rapper, maybe. maybe I used this is, to be. Maybe this is your calling. You said you used I to I used rap? to be, good. Nah, I'm, I'm retired. Rap? I used to be. There you go. Well, you know what? It's, it's not for everybody, but I'm, I love what you said, where it's like, you know, the, the profit and loss statement, like, that's that's what you have to deal with, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily, oh, lessons. Yes, it's a lesson, but there are losses, and you have to, you know, go out with a bang. Like, you shouldn't lose because of a lack of trying. Right. Like, if you if you lose, go all out. Like, don't 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 give up in in the third quarter and be like, no, oh, you know what? We tried, guys. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right. You didn't try. Right. Try is four quarters to try. Like, get it. So, and I love what uh, some of the audience uh, members are saying. You know, like, you know, only way to go forward. Oh, sorry, that's the only way to go. Is it's forward. You know. And, That's it. You know, obviously speaking things into existence and, um, you know, there, there is a pot, uh, a power in, in, in our words and our positivity, even man, in that. So can I, I touch on that, that please, bro? Yeah, because it, like, get it. that is one of the biggest things is I never speak ill of myself. I never speak. I never tell, I never say, what if I can't man? Like I, your tongue is so powerful, man. I believe, um, 
I, I believe I'm a man of faith, man. And I just believe that being made in God's image, you can, God created the world by speaking things. Like he said it, then he saw it. And that's just how I live my life. I say it and I see it. I never say I can't. I never say I'm lost. I never say I'm I'm sick. I never say those things. I never say I, I, I can't do it. Um, I'm defeated. I feel frustrated. I, I don't say those things. Like I speak to the situation. This may be frustrating or this may be whatever, but man, your words are so powerful. And I only tell myself I can. And I mean, when I started this thing, I'm talking about I'm looking at bank account balances of zero. I'm looking at credit cards max. I'm looking at savings accounts like lower than they ever been trying to just do something that I see. And I never said I was broke. I never said, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just kept saying, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out a way. And if I got to skip Chick-fil-A all month, whatever that is, whatever it looked like, because I got to get these lower parts kits in. I got to make sure I got cutters for these CNCs to run. I got to make sure that I got the right program for this project. And I, like, whatever it is, we just got to keep figuring it out, man. I never, ever, ever speak ill of myself. And I don't want to get, I, you know, some people think the manifestation thing is spooky, but it's whatever you want to call it. Rather it's being positive, rather it's uh, affirmations, whatever people want to word it as. It's, in business, you cannot speak ill, man. You got to watch your words because everything I've been saying is coming to pass. And so I'm very, very cautious with what I say. Yeah, man, you, you got to be you got to be careful with what you say, because not only does does it affect yourself uh, uh, psychologically and you know, some people would even say spiritually. And I, I tend to lean on that as well. But you never know who's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My, I got a three-year-old and she repeats everything I say, whether it was intended to be good or not. You know, <laughs> like I didn't even, I didn't even mean to for her to say, I said it under my breath and now she's saying it too. And I'm like, Oh God, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about bad words. I'm just saying like, maybe I'll say something kind of sarcastically and all of a sudden there she goes saying something sarcastically too. And so that's, uh, yeah. That that is the interesting piece. So definitely, you never know who's listening. Whether it's somebody who is coming after you, uh, whether you know it's a, a young child or whoever, you never know who's listening. And you got to make sure you you kind of are mindful of how you're speaking, who you're speaking to, and even though, uh, even who's not listening or who who you don't know is listening per se. Yeah. So yeah, man. But let's. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your your entrepreneurial spirit because I I think that's uh that's interesting. How many how many businesses are you currently running as we speak? Oh man, um, I would say as far as legal business entities, I'm running three. You um, said legal business entities. You mean like actually like on the books? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I mean, like paying our taxes quarterly. Paying like you know what I mean, like on the books three. Yeah. Um, but I got my hands in just like all type of stuff. Cause I just want to learn everything. And I, that's how I spend my money, man. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't, I don't really have hobbies. I just want to learn stuff. So I, I pay to learn stuff. Like, I'm like, Oh, what kind of business you got over there? 
I want to learn that. So let me spend X amount of dollars to try to learn that. Yeah, man. Now that's 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 interesting because there's a lot of people who, when given the opportunity to learn, they want to they want to do it for free. I'm I'm a big I think I can learn it for free type of guy, um, where you know it's like there's there's a YouTube video for everything. So let's hop on YouTube. Let's let's do a lot of research. But I kind of wonder if I'd be so much further ahead if all the things that I needed to know for this specific uh, adventure that I'm on if it was compiled into kind of more one or two or three spaces and I could have kind of fast passed it per se, like a Disney fast pass and just, Man, you know, okay, bro. I'm going to sit down for three, four hours, watch this tutorial. Uh, yeah. I paid to watch it, but it's, it's in one place. Where do you go for, for your knowledge that you, that you've paid for per se? So, um, cause I used to be the YouTube university guy to always tell people I got my degree from YouTube university. Um, cause I never, I, I, I tried college multiple times. It just didn't work for me. So I would YouTube stuff and just try it, spend my own money trying to learn things. But I really just figure out who is the expert at what it is I'm trying to do. So even when it came to like my, my rifles or my FFL business period, um, I went to an FFL, um, and I was always taught rather it was the way I grew up in the street or even in corporate America, when you want somebody's attention, when you really want mentorship, spend money with them. And so this guy uh, who actually is one of my mentors now, again, shout out to Steve, great guy. I just made sure that I just went to his shop and I just spent money and I would just go to his shop unnecessarily and just buy something. I never went in his presence and didn't buy something from him. And I just always wanted him to know, like I was supporting his business, whatever. I would be very clear and transparent about what I was trying to do. But I just kind of brought him to me. And then, I mean, eventually he was like, who is this guy? Like every other week he's spending a thousand dollars in here. Like, who is this guy? And then, you know, helping my wife understand like, yeah, I'm spending a lot of money, but I got a plan. And I sure it works every time I got this guy's attention. And one day we went to dinner and he was like, what is it that you're trying to do? And I was just like, I, I want to be a FFL. I want to be a manufacturer. I want to put out my own rifles. I want just like Glock is somebody's last name, just like Smith and Wesson are just people's last names. I want erotic arms. And I know you know how to do that. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do that. But by then I spent so much money with him. He was more than happy to walk me through the process. This is who you do. In fact, because you're in this reason, this is gonna be your ATF field agent. You can call them ahead of your appointment and do this, tell them I sent you. Oh, by the way, you can get parts from over here. If you wanna do a practice, I'm I'm doing this, this, and this for this customer, come into the shop and watch. And before you knew it, he ended up becoming like one of my best friends, but I had to just get his attention because YouTube will show me, YouTube will tell me step-by-step step how to do it but nothing beats the interaction with the person saying, call this person, tell them I sent you, or call this company, this is my rep, tell them I told you um, that you want him. And like those those types of things are priceless, man. And I still go to him and just be like, man, this doesn't work, how do I do this? And then he'll tell me, and then I'll still make sure that I spend some money with him, right? Because I don't have to necessarily put it in his hand, but I want him to know I appreciate him. And that type of help and leverage goes so much further than just a YouTube video 
you know, a lot of people think that people, if people aren't giving out knowledge for free, that they're gatekeeping knowledge. And I just don't agree with that, right? Like it costs everybody something to get somewhere. And so if I'm trying to get where you are, the only currencies to me that it can accelerate a process is time or money. And if I don't have the time to learn myself, then I use that money as that accelerator to say, hey, I'm spending this with you. I'm trying to get your attention. And once I got it, I sit down and say, teach me the game. And then I make sure that with my actions, I express that gratitude so they know how grateful I am for every drop of knowledge I got. Hopefully I answered your question because I get passionate on that type of stuff. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense. And and I don't, I've been there too where I feel like, you know, people should be willing to give away information for free and maybe they'll, they'll be interested in hopping in and helping out, a, you know, one of the little guys like myself, especially when I first got started, I had to kind of learn like you do need to bring a certain amount of value to the table when you're offering, when you're in, kind of in the presence of business people. So definitely I can, I can respect that and that, that mindset shift. Cause if you're an entrepreneur, your, your time is actually worth something. And so if, if somebody doesn't spend money with you or if somebody's really not interested in um, kind of adding to what you're doing and they just want to, you know, take what you have and bring it to themselves. Like what, you know, what is it that you have? Like what, what's the transaction? It, it doesn't right. make sense. And if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of the thing. So definitely I can appreciate that, that soliloquy and I can appreciate the, the wisdom. Hopefully the audience is getting, when it comes to interacting with people who are who are out here in the in the space actually making making moves. Yeah, so. man. I appreciate it. And I don't want people to walk away thinking I'm saying you have to just drop a bunch of money and that's how you get where you're going. But just realize that one day you're gonna be the big homie. Like my OGs always used to tell me growing up, like one day you gonna be the OG and people gonna come to you and it's like you got to get their attention somehow, man. Like you got to, uh, you know what I mean? Shasha was a perfect example. I was at several after events or after parties with people who just, they didn't have a reason to talk to me. Even a lot of people. So a lot of people think Shasha was just a big YouTube thing. Right. And right. it's so much bigger than that, but you have to give these people a reason to talk to you. So, I did want to talk about what you feel is your greatest failure in in business, or one of maybe one of your biggest regrets. Um, I, you, you maybe it's from a different business, but I do also want to talk about in in developing the RA fifteen, the rifle of choice for for every shooter going forward. Yeah, what yeah. Is your I guess biggest kind of regret or moment you're like, dang, I wish I would have did that a little bit differently, but we're gonna have to make do. Um, I think my biggest business failure is I had a screen printing shop. Um, it's interesting. I was just talking about it on Instagram this morning because I made a black history shirt and there's a local, uh, grocery chain, um, who I pitched to them to sell my shirt. And they told me that, you know, they, they weren't interested. The black messaging and stuff was too much. And now they're coming out with a black history line that one of their shirts word for word says exactly what mine says in a very similar design. And I think, um, 
it's interesting. Like one of the things that I did was I scaled too fast when I had my business. Um, I money was just flowing in, and it was crazy. Uh, as one of my boys would say, we were making money like the guys in the '80s. Like it was crazy. We were making this kind of money off of T-shirts, and so I went and bought a shop. I bought more screen print equipment. I bought all of this stuff, and I never accounted for the times that it would slow down. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that rush that you get when it's like you getting so much business that you almost can't like you can't even believe it. Like, man, we made two thousand yesterday. We about to make double that today. Like and there was just no account for the the slowdown or the rainy days or the the times in between Christmas. But before taxes drop where nobody's buying anything. We didn't account for those types of things. And so we kept, as we kept blowing up, we just kept growing. And then we kept buying equipment and we kept buying things. And then one day it was almost like somebody hit a light switch. And then for like eight weeks straight, no money came in the door. But now I got all this overhead because I bought all this machinery and I got this shop and I got this events planned and then my some of my biggest customers are backing out because economic times are changing and before I knew it I was just looking up I was just sitting in my shop one day like man I can't even adjust like I can't even adjust with the market because I'm so deep in overhead that I, I there's no room to move and so um I had to liquidate a bunch of things me and I had to just get rid of stuff for cash just to open my cash flow back up and then as things pick back up then all of a sudden I feel like I lost uh <laughs> the, the stuff I needed in order for things to flow smooth when they pick back up so I love the uh the transparency there and I appreciate that you know the the difficulty of overextending yourself uh in that first few um minutes, whether it's uh, the first few months where you, you feel like things are really going well and you, you kind of have a lot of promise of making money, but also um, considering like, okay, now that we've made money, did we save something for the tax man? Or, you know, did we uh, kind of get to a point where we are, are ready for, um, you know, a rainy day per se, because that's that's a big deal. And being, being ready for the rainy day, being ready for the tax man, being ready for, you know, all the things that, um, kind of come and people, people get, get to a point where they're like, Oh, well, you know, if anything happens, I got a credit card. So I'm just, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ball out and spend this thing right now. Well, maybe that's not the move. So I appreciate right. what you said with, uh, said with that. And thank you for, uh, kind of going over that, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, for sure. But you know, talking about you know taxes, I, I suppose taxes aren't aren't really the sexy topic. But what are is there any like a little tip or trick that you have for maybe an aspiring business owner or somebody who feels like they're trying to come up a little bit in regards to, I suppose the the tax game per se. Man, just dash half of what you make. Um, <laughs> and it's crazy. We used to learn that, like I said, running the streets as a little kid. Um, the people in my neighborhood, all the cats with the money on the fly cars, the whatever, even they knew they had to pay taxes. 
And so, like, I was just always taught stash half of what you make. Um, if you got $100, you only got $50. If you got $20, you really only got $10. You know, I'm teaching my, my kids the same thing now. Like, okay, whatever you got for Christmas, that $300, you only got $150. The rest, you put away. Um, because that it, it just it happens. It comes, man, and it comes. And the last thing you want to do is get caught with your hand in the cookie jar and ain't no cookies left in there, you know? So, um, man, just tuck half of what you make. Um, which is important too for entrepreneurs to have more than one stream of income like that. That was very, very important for me because that probably, even with my screen print business, it was my only source of income at the time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so everything depended on that stream, taxes, uh, overhead, uh, bills, my wife and kids, my hobbies and interests, my family, my mom, who I got to buy dinner for, uh, Everything depended on that one stream. And so, you know, so many people are anxious to quit their jobs and whatever. I tell you, even now, 2023, um, if stuff get tight, I jump back in the factory job in a heartbeat and knock out six Ooh. months, eight months. And a I, lot of people I, too proud for that. Like, man, they're, not, they're I, not about to do it. I will jump on a high-low. I will be a supervisor. I'll do it. I'll work third shift. Whatever I need to do to keep my dream alive. Because this... At the end of the day, this is the dream, right? And if this requires me to have to work two jobs, if this requires me to have to work a third shift, if this requires me to have to have that talk with my wife, like, hey, for the next three months, ain't no going out to eat. We're going to eat at home. We're going to grocery shop. We're going to budget. After this three months, if you let me grind this 90 days, after this 90 days, we can go wherever you want to. We can do whatever you want to. I will buy you the the I will buy you wine aged as far as you can count. But for now, it's potatoes, peanut butter and jelly, and rustic arms. And that's what it is. Like, so as entrepreneurs, you can't be too proud, man. You gotta have more than one stream of income. That's why. I'm also a firearms instructor. That's why I'm a trainer counselor. I certify other people to become firearms instructors. Um, that's why I do YouTube, right? Now that money is starting to come in. Uh, I just did a sponsorship deal with this company, Black on Ammo. Uh, I constantly try to keep money flowing in and then divert it to buckets. So there's a bucket for savings, a bucket for taxes, a bucket for my personal budget, a bucket for the business budget, bucket for vacation. like. I'm really, really trying to keep money flowing in from all angles. And if sometimes that means everything I just said is slow and it's time to get a job, then we finna go get a job. Like, at the end of the day, who cares? If you have too much pride for a job, you got too much pride to be an entrepreneur because we are some of the most hard grinding, hustling people there are. Like, we set the tone for the rest of the world to follow, especially my black gun entrepreneurs, everybody black in the gun industry. We set the tone and the tempo for our culture. And if that means that we have to go get jobs because this ain't working like it's supposed to at this moment, cool. Like, what's the problem? I, I'll never understand that, man. I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my business is successful, to make sure that my children eat every day to make sure my wife 
has the life of her dreams. That's what I'm going to do, bro. And if that means get a job for six months and then the next six months go hard at the business and the next three months I'm on vacation with the wife and then I have to go back. And I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes, man, because too many people are counting on us to be prideful. Dude, you know, it's that's crazy. You said a lot. Like <laughs> steady dropping gems, like like a freaking uh, diamond mine over here. So, one of the one of the things that really caught my my attention, and that's just because I'm I'm in the space, and you know, obviously, you look at me, you can you can tell. I hope that I'm black dude in the gun space, and there are some, but there are not nearly the 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 number that it could be. You know, just mm-hmm. nature of the beast at this point, and I think we can do more. I think we can do more. But this really interesting thing I, I noticed, I was looking through some of my old, um, I guess, interactions on Instagram. That's kind of where we started originally. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a lot of people that used to be in this space, especially when I first showed up, they're not here no more. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that boastfully, like there's something special about what I'm, what I'm made of or, you know, because honestly, if I was anybody else, I would not be here right now just because it's not made this, you know, the kind of money that it should make and all the different yeah, things yeah. that people people would expect. But I'm just like, dang, like the guys, you know, shout out to the guys who, first of all, shout out to the Patreon guys. I see you guys in the chat. Thank you so much. You really do make yeah. this a little bit easier, um, and a little bit easier to explain to the wife. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and also shout out to the guys like yourself who, yeah, whenever you started, you started and you, you had the, the courage to continue because there's a lot of people who came in. This is a fun thing. 2020. OK, everybody's everybody's got guns. Everybody's on Instagram. We're shooting. We're making some content. But, you know, Instagram was acting funny. Instagram didn't really show the content. So we dipped. Mm-hmm. We're gone. You know, and so shout out to the people who who have that perseverance in them. Not to say that the people who couldn't do it or found better ways to spend their time, you know, are doing something wrong per se, but I can, I have a special level of appreciation for the guys who they realize, okay, so this is kind of a dry season. This is kind of going slow. Um, but they're still out here, still making content, still interacting, still building community in this space, in the black two A space specifically, but you know, really contributing to two A as a whole, setting the tone for everybody because they were willing to remain, even though it wasn't necessarily super fruitful. And I'm not saying that's the right move for everybody, but I can appreciate it. So I appreciate you for um, building up to the YouTube to a point where, you know, you're making videos and you're seeing some of the reward. I think that's awesome. There needs to be more folks in the two-way space on YouTube. A lot of people are getting scared right now because YouTube's doing a lot of stupid stuff with the magazine bands and all that stuff. Um, But guess what? We still need to put stuff out there because there's there's curious minds. There literally, I have a video that I put up the other day where people saw it and was like, "Wow, I'm gonna go get this now," because they have questions. There's people with questions, people who are brand new to the space, and we need to make sure that we are remain available to them. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so I can I appreciate that. And thank you for, for being in the YouTube space. Let's talk a little bit about your YouTube side and then I think it would be good to, to take some questions. I, I see we have a few people yeah, in the for chat sure. right now. And if you guys for have sure. any questions up, for, for D, just go ahead and just drop them in 
and uh, we'll, we'll do and anything, again. man, anything. If y'all wanna, if you a man, if you wanna be a manufacturer, you like, hey, who you get your lower parts kits from? Who you wanna drop it in the comments, man? Because I'm all about giving game. Yeah, guys, like for real, for real. Go ahead and drop some comments, and uh, we'll we'll try to answer some of these questions. But talk about talk about the YouTube side. Like, how do you kind of get into it, and kind of where did where did things go from from jump? Man, so I started off YouTube because I was a firearms instructor and people were asking me about guns. Like, so they would take my class, Concealed Carry Home Defense Fundamental. Shout out to the USCCA. Um, USCCA helped change my life, man. Uh, just giving me an opportunity to be an instructor. This is all I do all day, every day. Just teach classes, make guns, and sell them. So uh, I was teaching classes. And people would ask me, well, what do you think about um, the PSA dagger? What do you think about uh, Smith & Wesson versus Glock? And I started off just making videos, trying to tell them what I thought about stuff, do like little gun reviews, but more or less from the perspective of like a lot of people want an instructor who's like them. So in my city, people know me. I came from the hood. I'm well known well-respected so people want to know my take on stuff because they feel like they can relate to it and it kind of just went from doing that for my students to then this whole community of people on youtube who's just who value my opinion even if it's just a fight with me so i accidentally made a video that went somewhat viral i made a video about why i sold all my canics and switched to glock and in reality, I was just trying to tell people when you, because Canix, uh, I'll go on record and say the guns are much better than Glocks. Um, but I still carry a Glock 19 because of, you know, aftermarket support, uh, not just reliability, because I think reliability is subjective and more companies are becoming uh, as reliable as Glock. But Glock has great aftermarket support and availability of parts. I could, I could throw a rock in a gun store and hit a Glock 19 part. Um, I have to go to a very specific niche store to try to find parts for a Canik. And that's all I was trying to explain to people. But I took two companies that had cult followings and they, they're still thousands of comments later. Um, it's still my number one watch video every month. That's like 90 something thousand views. And I'm just like, how? But then I was like, oh, okay. So people like this, they like, when I actually have these types of debates. And then I kind of started doing in that, playing in that space. And before I knew it, it just took off. And uh, I actually started showing other people how to do it, like just monetizing their opinions. Cause all I did in that video was state an opinion and like, you know, just teaching people your opinion is worth something. And so I just started leading by example saying, hey, I'm gonna just start stating my opinion on everything in the two-way community. I'm gonna talk about um, the biggest mistakes I think concealed carriers are making, biggest mistakes I think instructors are making. Um, and then before I knew it, I just had a whole community of people who just want to talk gun stuff with me. And so I just did it over and over. And then all of a sudden I got monetized. And now I went from monetized to sponsorships and things like that. And when people wouldn't give me sponsorships, I just started making my own stuff and sponsoring myself. So if you watch some of my videos, you'll see Rostic Arm ads, you'll see Smart Shooter Clothing ads in my videos. I'm going to sponsor myself. And then uh, 
other people saw it and now it's turning into something that I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's becoming a stream of income versus just a check I would get randomly or something. So that's kind of how I went, man. Just monetizing my opinion and realizing that my opinion was worth money. Man, my opinion was worth money. Put that on a t-shirt. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, like it's, that is something that I found to be like powerful in, in, in the content creation space. For some reason you start messing with people's brands and they get, they either get really offended or something. This is the power and confirmation bias is insane. Like I made a video, my, my most viewed video at the, at this moment, my YouTube isn't completely busting, but, um, my most viewed video at this moment, it's got tens of thousands of views at this point, or I think it's at 17 K you know, next year. It'll be at a million. <laughs> That's just kind of how it's going. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a Hellcat video and you know, I'm making this face where I'm just like literally thinking it deep in thought. And the, the thumbnail says, does it suck? Springfield Hellcat short. Should you buy a Springfield Hellcat? And I really wasn't trying to tear apart the gun or anything. I just had I just had some questions, and ultimately, other than the snap, I thought it was fine. You know, anybody can, you know, run the gun and run it okay with some practice. Um, and the amount of people that really thought I was trying to come for their gun, it was insane. And I really think that that's the reason why the video did so well. You know, versus yeah, some of the other ones that controversy were okay. said. <laughs> and it was not even like super controversial. I was like. Does it suck? Does it not? It's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, per se. Like, if you run it and you like it, that's cool. Upset. I have people, it's not snappy. And I'm going to tell you what I told my other guy who was um, in the, I did another interview with my guy, uh, Memphis Beach. Y'all should go check out his YouTube channel and podcast because okay. I'll be featured on his show in a few weeks. Go ahead and check his stuff out. Um I said, you know, there's there's guys out there who they wake up in the morning, they head over to the uh, the gas station and they they chug a, a a pint of a diesel, and they're like, you know, I shoot, you know, forty fives in my sleep. <laughs> okay, well, I don't necessarily right. enjoy shooting the original Hellcat, the Hellcat Pro. I've been running that, you know, Glock 19s, anything much nicer, you know, CC Shadow Two. It's a dream. If you've never shot that, go shoot it. And then again, don't because you'll never want to shoot anything else. But yeah, just, and I'll go on record and say Hellcats suck too. <laughs> you know, you and freaking uh, where are you still here, Randy? Are you still here in the chat? Freaking they, they, he, he hates it, which is it's fine. Like you don't have to like every gun, but right, you point don't. being point being is people get really, really tribal and you monetize the haters unfortunately that's, that's it kind of what happened that's it man that's yeah. it and as i teach my students in cpl classes man i was like i'm not a glock guy i'm not a sig guy i'm just a good gun guy i just mm -hmm. I, I teach my students to be good gun guys and good gun girls like just get a good gun like if yeah. it runs for you and it works forget the brand how does it feel how was the reliability what was the recoil like can you grip it properly mm -hmm. with rapid fire, right? Because we know incidents happen fast and close, right? Can you maintain a proper grip while you're rapid firing that gun? Like those are the types of things we talk about. And yeah, yeah I could care less about a brand, but the Hellcat does suck. Well, 
definitely if you're trying to rapid fire, it doesn't matter how close you are. It's going to hop out your hand and you got to reestablish that grip. And if you have to really reestablish the grip multiple times, maybe you should get something that's either a little bigger or, you know, lines Mm -hmm. a little differently. Either way, there are ways to understand if a gun works well for you. And uh, some people do feel like the the Hellcat's not as good as the competition as Mr. Randy Brooks, one of the great sponsors, <laughs> and, uh, supporters of the show. Um, go shop with him. I have some links in my bio. If you go to my Instagram and stuff, you'll, yeah, you'll see Shout out there. to Randy. That's uh, my guy, man. That's if you a great shop guy. with obsidiantraininggroup.com, use the code armed Atlas and it will actually get you uh, free shipping. So Amazon type stuff, what? Go ahead, get you some stuff. And shipping's a big cost, so I, I think really he's kind of giving away the farm. I'm trying so, to figure out why smart shooters don't got a code. I, I, we gonna talk to Randy on the back end. Yeah, you should probably hit him up because smart yeah, shooters need a code. We need, come on, we need a code, <laughs> man. We need a code. Get it. So we actually do have some questions here. Um, yeah, for sure. But before before we get into the questions, I did want to say thank you. I know you. And we don't have to get really deep into it. I know you've gone through some serious family stuff recently. Yeah. So I want to say yeah. thank you for coming on the show in spite of the, the recent tragedy in your family. So thank you for, for that sacrifice. I appreciate it. Bro, man, listen, it means a lot to me, man. And, you know, briefly, uh, my older brother was murdered uh, last Friday. Um, it was rough, bro. It was it was really rough. But... um. It's crazy because my brother used to make fun of me. He used to be like, man, everybody love you. We can't go nowhere without somebody showing you love. We could be in a whole nother state. And I mean, this this was heavy, man. Like, it was heavy. My older brother, he meant a lot to me. And so just the way my city, uh, the two-way community, the way people just loved on me, man, and not... Not like, you know, there's the people that's going to say, if you need anything, let me know. But then there was people who was like, hey, I found your cash app. I sent your family $100 dinner on us tonight. Like, you know what I mean? Stuff that I didn't even need or I didn't even know that I needed. Right. Like because it wasn't about the money. It was the love. Like somebody loved me enough to be like, hey, your brother just died. man. I don't want you to have to worry about dinner. So, like, I wanted to take a second. Um, even with you, bro, you know, your constant check-ins, man, just making sure I felt up to this. And I needed to get my mind back on gun mode and be productive, man. I just planned this funeral today with my sister. Mm. And I needed to something to get me back being productive. And so just to you and to everybody out there who's been supporting me, um, thank you so much, man. Like, I could get emotional just off the support, bro, because especially the two-way community, man. Y'all stepped up and loved me in a different kind of way, man. And I I don't take love lightly. My mom always taught me people don't have to be nice, man. So thank y'all from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, man. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. And we want to just honor your brother's memory in, uh, in this moment. And we appreciate you um, sharing those things. And of course, obviously, all the people, <clears throat> excuse me, all the people who have, reached out to you who have shown your family love in this time i want to take a second and appreciate them because you never know who you've got like and sometimes it it really doesn't feel like there's anybody there at times so you never know who you got until something bad happens and you're just like dang like what's left 
And so thankfully you do have some good people in your corner supporting you. Yeah. Whether it be someone sending a little something on Cash App or giving you a phone call or just recognizing that, you know, man, you guys are going just hitting something. me up to say, Hey, I love you and I'm praying for you, man. Yeah. I, thank y'all so much, man. And and I know it's a couple of people even on this chat who just sent me a text. I was just like, Hey bro, thinking about you. That that stuff mean the world to me, man. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you for saying that. Let's um we're about to get into the question, but for those who are maybe just tuning in right now, I see She Fires in the chat. Thank you for hopping in. Love your support. Yeah, what's up, what's what she Fires is awesome. If you guys haven't tuned into the 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 She Fires YouTube channel and all the stuff she's doing on Instagram and stuff, you're missing out. Like truly missing yeah, out. So go follow ASAP. Like she showed me my love too. So absolutely. What up, what up? Yeah, yeah. So um we do want to just say, you know, thank you to everybody who's tuned in. If you are not subscribed at this point to the YouTube channel, even if you're listening on the on the podcast side. I don't know what you're doing. I thought we was friends. I don't want you to like. I don't want you to leave any more comments. I just want you to subscribe or go home. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm playing, but yeah. no, for real, like subscribe. Like we, we need it. We do need to get this channel to a point where it's at a thousand subscribers and this channel's not currently there. I don't know why. So let's, let's get it. Let's make it happen. Let's get it. And, uh, let's do it. If not, you know, I don't know. So appreciate you guys. Let's get into some of these questions. Q and A time. So, yeah, let's do it. Do, do, do. Let's, guys, so what we're going to do for the for the audio-only listeners, I'm going to roll the outro. If you guys want to watch the Q&A, hop over, hop over to YouTube and uh, hit me up. So, outro's rolling, three, two, one. Thank you for listening, and uh, hop over to YouTube for the rest of the show. <laughs>